What it is, what's up, got your podcast in the cut, uh, tell us this, a societal podcast, um, I'm gonna go ahead and get something the way now, because the only people will be last towards the end of this episode, so I want you to, if you enjoy it, to consider subscribing, liking, all that stuff, uh, we're gonna get that out of the way so we can go ahead and get this, so I just got finished, it's my first movie, op- opining, uh, on this platform it's about 1 a.m so i may sound a little bit tired so i just got finished watching netflix's um the half of it which um i believe released i can pull it up i just deleted uh wikipedia the half of it and this is a movie that netflix has you know apparently done quite a bit into uh pushing um you know, Netflix is doing their best to become this original content creation. And um, I really, I don't know how to segment this, because if you see the title, you know I probably am not the biggest fan of this movie. Um, but I don't want to just poop on this movie. Like, it's not, that's not what I want to do. I want to give, here, we'll, we'll break it down to three segments. And I'm not going to separate them, but I'm just going to give them a three seconds. So the movie is reminding me of Then Came You in terms of the tonality, the Netflix-ishness. But Then Came You was not produced by Netflix. It was produced originally and it ended up on Netflix. They kind of pushed it. But anyway, this is original. This is all Netflix. Three segments. Uh, what I liked about the movie, what I didn't like about the movie... And then where it just, where it lost me. I'll try to get to the exact point where it lost me at. So here's what I liked about the movie. Um, It did a good job of making you, (laughs) the, the, the basic premise of a movie. It did a good job of making you interested in Ellie. Um, And it made you think that this was a person that, didn't necessarily need um the the core motivator here is the the jock um what's his name fred or or uh what's his damn name paul yeah paul mowski or or mowski some shit like that um it made you think other minute that she really didn't need him as a crutch that she was strong enough but we keep on getting these, these reminders that she's not quite where she needs to be at yet and the reminders are set in at a gradual pace that feel right. You get the scene where, where Paul is trying to teach her how to dress or teach her just how to like look natural. You know, that feels well. He hands her the guitar. She tried to do her song on the piano. She didn't know the piano very well. I think her mom knew the piano. Um, that's what I got from. I think her mom knew the piano. I didn't. The first like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I kind of just were in and out. And I was doing something else. But, um, she has a guitar, kind of. He, he's like a, he's like a, um, he's like a spine for her at moments, and at other moments, you kind of the spine, kind of the spine brace. Let's say the spine brace is needed less and less as the story progresses, but when it is needed, it's done tastefully. Um, that was done very well. Her dad was used pretty, I, I think, pretty well. Um, he didn't get too much backstory except like the kind of a very key moment. Uh, unfortunately, that key moment is wasted in a, in a part of the movie that's just absolutely horrible. 
Um, yeah, I'll try to say most of the spoilers for like the last leg of this podcast, but uh, he's he's used sparingly, but he is also used. He's used as a another plot device for I, I wouldn't call call Paul a plot device, but he's used like a plot device similarly to Paul's kind of big brother antics at times with um with Ellie. He uh, I, I I like him. I mean, you know, when you think about a foreigner who is um kind of distance distance and what he does, how he lives, all of that, I, I, I would think of the dad in this movie. He just does his own thing. Someone who lost his spouse. I mean, it all fits in what you would describe a character to be like that, you know, fits the archetype. Um, the score, I guess. Uh, there was one. There's one moment, one song in particular that was really strong, and it comes on. I think around the time that, around the time that, Aster and um what's her name uh ellie actually hang out for the first time like hang out i forgot the song's name but the the title if you have the captures on the title is a little bit on the nose but it fits in the theme i really like that score solid um the setting i'd probably put that in the i'll I'll get to that that's probably the, the more bad part uh let's see what is what is See the the whole Paul part. I think that's the part where you would like like to to go at the whole Paul part. To me, here let, let me try to find some good out of Paul. They do a good job of subverting your expectation for what Paul is as a as a human, not as his attachments, but as a person for a good minute. But then here we go to the bad part. The subverting fails epically. And this is going to be spoilers. Spoiler alert from here on out. This is spoilers. If I didn't spoil enough already, this is spoilers. He he um he has the big touchdown, which this this is one of the, this is actually a significant problem I had. The the touchdown was a four lateral. If you don't know it's football, he the the guy passes it for it wasn't even like a fumble. He passes it forward to a guy clearly like 10, 10 yards ahead of him. That's a four lateral. That's legal, but that's just whatever matter of fact let's go into that a little bit further he's a jock he's supposed to be a jock like you look at the description of this movie he's supposed to be like your stereotypical jock and he's supposed to be your stereotypical nerd that doesn't know anything about anything and it does subvert expectations that he is aloof in the way of women and aloof in a way of being socially um really socially graceful i guess because the other jock in this movie trend who as best I understand, I guess doesn't go to the same school as them or something because he, you would think like the, the Bryce Walker, like he's supposed to be really good in, in football, but he doesn't even appear to play for the same team. So I guess he plays for a different school. Uh, the other jock fits the jock stereotypes. And I guess what Alan Wu, I believe her name, Alice Wu, is going for it is a yin and yang. He, I guess Paul, this is, a, I guess, a good. Paul is supposed to be an opposite but the subverting of expectations, to me, it fails so epically in the scene where, so after he scores the game with a touchdown, I don't know how much longer this is, but it appears to be within the same, I guess, week or so. Um, she, she being Ellen, uh, Ellie, goes to get her, her Chinese drink. I don't know what it's called. 
she goes to the Chinese drink, and at that moment, um, this this love, this adoration comes in from from Paul that appears to be like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like Paul seems to think that there was a love there, like an actual love. And I I don't get that. Like I get that they became really close friends, but I never got I always got big brother, big sister. So I'm reading the, the synopsis now. Paul brings the guitar. He helps her um back to his house after she gets drunk. None of what this movie presents is love. And then we get this sudden adoration where he goes in for a kiss. And this is right after. This is right after he finally gets uh Aster locked down. And then he dumps Aster, not dumps her, but he goes in for a kiss. Um, and this 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 is the one that he's supposed to know how to do is read women. He goes in for a kiss thinking that she liked him. Um, and it's so oddly placed that he thinks that given that he seems to have at least had hints of knowing that what her feelings are towards Aster is greater an individual than his own feelings towards Aster. That's kind of hinted in certain like facial expressions at times, but he he's dumb. He's supposed to be dumb and stupid and, and aloof, as I said. So it kind of gets, you can't say it for an absolute that he understood that, but it, it's kind of hinted that he, he does. And then all goes up the, the windshield in one fell swoop. And it's just never reciprocated. And maybe this is me as a fan trying to post some pose something onto the director that isn't there. Maybe she never intended or making it appear that it should have been there. Maybe it's just supposed to be raw. But it just feels so weird. Because then after that, and this is the probably the the very bottom of the entire movie. I have articles put that I haven't read yet, but I imagine they all talk about this point in the movie and going forward. Um He's he is spurred by her after conveniently um Aster pops in to where they're at the transaction site for the, the, the Chinese drink and she saw that they were kissing. Um and this is this is within reason of the movie because Aster I at least seemingly believed that they were closer than it appeared. So that makes sense her reaction. But after that he stumbles around to the, the truth, confronts her that she liked Aster. Um, Ellie says nothing in this scene. He says that you're gay, it's a sin, you're going to hell. And we just never got, we knew that he believed in God, because we got that part uh, a little bit earlier. But it 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 isn't like, it isn't hard. Like, it isn't like, that's like, that, that's like a, a uh, a speed bump in the entire premise of the movie and it gets laid on so heavenly at that moment like a bible thumper bible belt type of guy we don't we don't <laughs> we just never get that at any point in this movie to that very point and it's all laid out and then it's maybe you can say it's in the heat of the moment and he just has so many feelings and he's already so dumb as it is that he just starts saying random shit but even worse than him saying this, he's going to hell for this and all that. 
and I they they do this is a good I guess maybe they do try to make up with some of how shocking and jarring that is by Paul trying to goofily figure out how someone is gay, how does someone become gay, did someone randomly become gay, and that's like joked about in the next twenty or twenty so twenty ish minutes in the movie. Um, it's kind of resolved towards the end, but the resolution is horrible. Um, <laughs> it really is. But it's just so jarring that even the small little, oh, I'm trying to figure out how gay people work, that little adage. Either Here's, here's what I think. I'm, I'm going to so many different tangents. I think if we're going to have that trying to figure out how gay people work, that part should be expounded upon by Paul far earlier in the movie than the last 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the movie, because it it's it's not even resolved in a decent way. It's just, he sees that she's gay, and then he calls her basically a heathen, and then it just gets moved on. He gets, he, he moves on past it. And you mean to tell me that someone that could say something like that can just resolve those feelings that quickly because he's accosted by it. He didn't even get really accosted by it. He he gets smacked by Aster for playing the game with her. And then that's it. That's the only accosting he gets. And that's I guess it's suddenly and he has the scene with the the dad that is touching in some way. Um but it's like that's all it takes for him to like suddenly for everything to become okay with that. Like here, here's another thing. Why is Aster just perfectly okay with being told that? I mean, I, there's no, there's no, there's no apology on his end for saying that it just gets muddied over. Like it just, it just keep on moving. And for somebody that was as di- uh, distraught as she was about everything that happened in that very moment, can you, you you mean to tell me that that part just gets looked over? Like she's okay with she she becomes cool with Aster again, but that part just gets forgotten about. This is the first act of being openly of being of being homosexual. This is the first time we see anyone else acknowledge that other than her to herself. And even she doesn't give like a, an outward uh, acknowledgement of that to the. Um, to the fans, to the viewers. I mean, it's obvious, but it's not like I'm like lesbian. It's just, it's sprinkled in very well. It's sprinkled in well. It's not said blatantly, which is fine. But this is the first time anyone else other than her acknowledges that. And she has no blowback from being completely dejected for her way of living. She's strong, but she clearly isn't that strong. We see that several times before that scene, but Anyway, it, that was that was just such a horrible scene, and it it is in a sense the the um, the Vox uh, byline in this article. The headline is let's talk about the ending of the half of it. The byline is the queer Netflix rom com badly botches its climax. It didn't have to be this way. That it, it's like a rolling climax where that's the beginning of it, and the end of the climax is the church scene, which if you watch it. Is very clearly the end of the climax. Everything else is the, you know, if you know story structure, that everything else after is just the resolution and all that. Uh, sorry about the noise. That is a horde 
climax and everything from that climax on if there, if there wasn't tropes before that here's the end of my the bad if there wasn't tropes before this like the high school coming of age phoned in tropes which you could see in the first season of 13 reasons why they go on they they indulge in it without the um r-rated tag so it's like even more Close to Girl Meets World than it is 13 Reasons Why. But it's all indulging all the same in the tropes of high school dejected nerd that's trying to just make it um, the best she can. They, they, I mean, they they don't go into those tropes towards the end of this, but it's just everything else. I mean, it's awful. Like, it, 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 it it's just, I don't know. I mean, any rom-com trope you can think of, it's all in there. The, the, um... The <laughs> everything is so that the protagonist gets the girl even after doing her wrong. Everything is except that is free, featured in this. And the reason why I brought up the um Macy Williams um from con from earlier that does go on to his own love triangle that is also supposed to be a different twist on the prototypical high school triangle uh that would normally be featured in such a film uh such by maybe 15 20 years ago this it does the same thing in that the protagonist wins the long game the short game isn't exactly a w i would say like she doesn't actually doesn't end up with um paul but she doesn't end up with the evil overbearing powerful uh, boyfriend either and she doesn't end up the protagonist initially. I guess we're a difference a little bit from, I won't even say it's a different because we close out on um, Macy Williams's flick with the guy um, in that in that movie goes on a plane and the the air the um, waitress um, I don't know what you call it. I forgot the name of someone who works the airplane the 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 airplane tris. <laughs> that that is the girlfriend um hot as hell i mean she's uh nina nina dubrov or dobrov dobrov a fucking amazing looking woman um she does end up has showing feelings again for him towards the end the other chick dies macy williams dies so i mean it's like what are you gonna do hope that she died you can't feel grudges against her at that point um but <laughs> They do basically get back like very close together, and in this same sense, Aster and Ellie are pretty much like in a couple of years. Aster's gonna be like, I am accepting of lesbianism. I just didn't know at the time, uh, which is cool that they. It's another good. It's cool that Alice Wu doesn't make lesbian emotions as rigid as some people on on Twitter will let you believe. I personally believe that it's on the spectrum and it also can be transient. You can at one point not be a lesbian or maybe not be bi. And then you find out you are later on in life. You weren't, you just became it. It's not you. It was deep in your stomach. And you just didn't know until the right one came along, like Cinderella or fucking Beauty and the Beast. You just didn't know. Or I think that it's on a, a timeline or something like that. Um, but anyway, that's again neither here nor there. It's not my beliefs going to this movie, it's just my opinion on this movie. 
the, the, the bad is that uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. The, the bad is the entire last leg of this movie. Let's just get to the final part because I don't even know how much longer I want to go do this thing. The worst part of this movie is one of the worst closures to anything I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the tropes, right? The tropes. It's so heavy handed. So they have the the church scene that I mentioned, and it's so if one person speaks out, you know, in the, the way that a marriage works, the bad guy is about to lock the girl down forever. It's supposed to be this preordained marriage, and she's doesn't know what to do. She's it's in the middle of a church, so she doesn't want to say no. At the same time, it appears that her father, uh, his only source of income comes from the church that is owned by uh, Trigg and his family. So she doesn't want to say no, I guess, at that moment. But um, the interested parties speak up, and then there's this gasp, several gasps. It may, it's like five gasps. Just horrible. I don't know why they do it that much. And there's this falling out scene. Um, I, I the actual speech uh, that that um, what's her name gives Ellie gives it's 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 well off. It's solid, but like with all the uh, historical figure quotes we get, I guess it's a summation of that could have been given a little bit quicker at that point. Like we've seen so much dogma, so many. Uh, philosophical <laughs> debates about what love is and what, how one should know what to believe in, and that and this, and we it was just so much there. It was so at that point, uh, the, the payoff wasn't there, right? That's why I should say the payoff wasn't there for all that philosophical debate. Uh, that could have been given a lot earlier, and then after that, after that, what's supposed to be the the intellectual conversation that is posed by this entire movie. After that uh, lackadaisical payoff, we get this Oh man. This scene oh god. At, at some level I get what it's supposed to be. Like all of these figures that have built their beliefs and their relationships on a house of cards, the whole shout outs and protests and all that, that uh, Ellie and Paul give is supposed to tear it all down. From a societal perspective, the only, only from the, I guess the, the nearby, the local environment, the only relevance of that, Outside of how it pertains to Aster and Ellie, it's just tropes. The cheerleader trope, the jock trope, the bullying trope at the um the um the fucking um the talent show. Uh, and what's even the point? Like it's not even funny. Like it's supposed to be like this whole it kind of reminds you of those um kind of 70s movies where it's all Everybody's fighting and talking loud to another person, and everything just suddenly comes crumbling down. There's no payoff for that scene whatsoever. It literally doesn't matter. Like, I maybe you have to do something like that because of how strenuous um, the, the, the tension is at that moment. Maybe you got to have some kind of scene of, to really roll that all off into a, a decrescendo, into a, into a good decrescendo. 
but that's not a good Dickerson though. That's 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 an awful one. It's just like if Justin Bieber was playing the piano and then he just like was how many how many things are in the the four? It's in like forty eight keys in the piano, something like that. I don't I don't know how many keys in the piano, but like let's just say like the last twenty four keys just like were off. And he just didn't. He just was going and going and going. He hit his last note. And he had like five more notes to go, and he just didn't hit any more of those notes. Or let's let's say that you're rapping fucking um, the bots by Roddy Rich, and then the there wasn't an EU. It's just eat, 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 eat. And that's what this. Was. <laughs> There's no ooh. It's just e. And that's what that scene is, man. It's, it's horrible. It, it is one of the. It is one of the worst payoffs for an hour and 30 minutes of tension I have ever seen. Because after that, we get the father, and that's a great scene. The father scene with Paul. Wait, wait we get that. The conversation about love actually happens before the church service scene. So that means that there is nothing good that comes out of that scene. Because it goes straight from there to... Aster, who was at one point very pissed off by at both parties, she gets basically gets booed back by Ellie in about three minutes. Um, which okay, that's fine. I mean, that's why her life goes. People don't get mad forever, but you get that, and then you get Ellie and 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 Paul of best buddies right after that again, just absolutely best friends. Everybody's going off to be a success. Esther is, in, Esther is in school. Ellie is in school. Paul is finally becoming a sausage god. They run off on the... This is the ultimate... Like I don't know if it's the ultimate trope in this movie. There's a lot of them. But this is the, the killing joke of one. He runs after the train, as is alluded several times in this movie by other characters. And I think in the movie they watch... I don't remember what the movie was, but in the Wikipedia, they talk about the movie that was watched together by those two. Uh, oh, yeah, the corny scene they talk about where it's a callback. So uh, asked, uh, Ellie was like, this is so stupid. Paul is always a hopeless romantic. So he was like, this sounds kind of cool. I mean, this is, yeah, this is, this is cool. You know, he, he loves her, you know, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> such, a, such a terrible fucking call. Maybe I'm the rigid one, right? Maybe I'm the rigid one. Maybe I'm the one thinking that you can't just have a gray. These these characters can't exist at a gray level with each other at on their lowest points. But my my response to that is that the lowest points are so black and white. Paul calls her a gay and says you're gonna burn in hell. Aster slaps Paul and runs away from uh, Ellie. When Ellie tries to talk to her initially after the church scene, it's, it, I, <laughs> Asher has her first gay moment, her gay acknowledgement moment with Paul. He she gets shunned, and she's right back friends with him like nothing even happened. She becomes emboldened by him anything. I don't understand how you have such black and white moments, but I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to believe it's all supposed to be gray. It, it doesn't come off like that. It, it's, 
it's not, in my opinion, it's not well done. I'm sorry, it's not well done. And then you you close with the scene where she looks around everybody. I try to look for deeper meaning in it. I try to say, well, maybe they're all also living in their false realities, and maybe they need to also accept. Maybe they need their 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 cracking of a uh, walnut moment where. Just like Ellie finds out her closure between Aster and, and uh, Paul, maybe they just need something similar to that. And they were just player hating on her, finally having her moment, her happy, enjoy, enjoying moment, dubious moment. I, it, it doesn't appear to me to, for that to be there. They're supposed to be there. It's supposed to be just a send off a closing uh, steal, I guess. This is critic bait. I got about two minutes left in this, this segment. This is a, it's critic bait. This is not a good movie. Uh, it's like a 97 or 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like a 7, borderline 8 on Metacritic. This is not a good movie. It's objectively... Someone says it could be like the best... This is the best movie of 2020 at this point. I haven't... I mean, it's only been like three movies that came out in 2020 before Corona hit. It's not... It's not good. It's not. This may be the best movie that comes out in 2020 just because it's like there may not be any other movie that comes out for like five, six months. This is a horrible movie. No, I won't say that. There are some goods, but this is not a good movie. It's critic bait. I'm sorry. It's critic bait. Please watch my podcast. Uh, please subscribe. <laughs> please, it's a it's a four out of ten. I give it a four out of ten. I'll put my link uh, letter box in the bio. I have thirty seconds left. I'll put my letter box in the bio. You can peep that, peep my other reviews, see if I'm just a bigot or not. I'm not, but I hope you enjoyed this. I'm sorry I rambled for so long about the bad. There is some good. I recommend watching it. Form your own opinion. It's far too long. It's it's there's no good payoff. The last 40 minutes are horrible, and I mean that. They're just all awful. Peace. Hope you enjoy it.